Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Jake Marmelstein. Thanks for being on the show, Jake. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Whitney. Yeah, happy to have you on the show. I know a lot of people in this in this space are, are looking to people like you for, for guidance and figuring out how to automate a lot of these systems and things that we, we have running in the background that we've done manually for so long and takes so much time. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. But a little about Jake. He's a founder and CEO of Groundbreaker, a software application that helps real estate investment firms automate workflows in fundraising, investor reporting, and investment management. So Jake, Jake, thank you again. Give the listeners a little more about who you are and, and your background, and let's jump into what this is a little bit. Okay. Well, thanks, Whitney. So when I started Groundbreaker, I started it because I experienced some of the pains of raising money and managing investors at a REIT where I was underwriting a lot of distressed hotel assets. And you know everything was in Excel, and we, we had an internal server for managing all of our documents. We used PowerPoint presentations and sent them out in email for to provide investor information. And it just seemed like all of this work kept piling up. So that's kind of where the experience came from and the inspiration to do Groundbreaker. And when I got exposed to technology and the way that it can, it can work to automate and streamline things, it was a no-brainer to begin on this path towards modernizing real estate investment management. Yeah, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. So I, I just I just think it's neat too, like from your experience with, I mean, coming from REIT, but then also now having some type of platform like you have, you get to see how lots of operators operate, right? And you get to see how lots of people are, are really communicating with investors and how often they do it and just some best you know practices, things like that. Strategies that, that you've seen or that, that you've learned from your previous experience as well, just to, to gain investors and to build trust. Could you elaborate on, on that? Yeah, absolutely. So really when I began Groundbreaker, going kind of way back to after the Jobs Act had passed, a lot of people were coming to me and asking for information and advice on how to get access to new capital that was afforded by this new regulation, such as accredited investors or non-accredited investors through crowdfunding. And I saw all of these platforms that were just starting out and leveraging those regulations come to life and attract investors and so I got exposed to that side. I've seen real estate syndicators who work with Groundbreaker have existing relationships with investors and how those investor bases have grown. And so there's a lot of different ways, but really my advice would be specific for people who are just starting out. Typically, you're going to go to your friends and family and you're going to do deals with them. What I would say is you can shoot for the moon and try to do deals that are going to stretch your capacity. But I would say, make sure that the return of capital is going to happen quickly. The faster that you can give investors back their money, the faster you can pay them, the faster you're going to build trust and a repeatable process that's going to get them talking about you to their friends and referring you more investors. I was thinking too about, you know, talking about from, from your REIT experience and having to do those things manually kind of led you into to automate that stuff and using your background to be able to build a platform that can automate a lot of that. And then, you know, going from 
doing it manually to having something like this, you know, like some type of software. Let's, you know, let's think about the investor. Like, what's that relationship? You know, how's it going to be different or better, you know, for that investor? Well, the investors, so my clients would tell me when they roll out Groundbreaker and see the value for the very first time, it's when that investor logs in and they answer one of their own questions about how much investment they have out or what distributions they've gotten back or getting their K-1s from a centralized portal and how easy and convenient that is for them. And they just like having everything all in one place. But then there's also the times, this aha moment that our real estate sponsors get who use us when they put a deal out to be able to raise capital. They're having dinner with their family and they wake up the next morning and the deal has been you know, funded 80%. And they didn't have to answer a single phone call or email because their investors could sign and fund on their own from within the portal. So those kinds of things definitely are better for both people because there's reduction of that manual process in the middle where a human being needs to be involved. Instead, we replace that with software and there's just less friction, more transparency in the process. I know there's operators that are listening right now who, just like us in the past, have mailed documents. And I mean, there's always some investors who just don't use a computer, maybe hardly ever or ever have, you know, and it's difficult, right? Or, or if you send them a document, it's just difficult. It's difficult to explain how to fill out documents sometimes and those things. But something like this, you know, tell me about user friendliness, I guess I could say, for an operator like that. So one of the things that we do to make it very easy for operators to get on board with the solution and also be able to share it with their investors at scale is that we take all their existing data from their K-1s, their subscription agreements, their offering memorandums and distribution notices and any reports that they share and we bring it into the software for them. So when their investor logs in for the very first time, they're going to see the entire portfolio represented up to present. And that is going to create this instant effect of appreciation of having all that information in one place. So the investor is more likely to come back and use that solution again and again. And same thing for the syndicator. And then we just make it very easy to use. So it only takes a little bit of time to be able to do certain things in Groundbreaker because the workflows are made to be simple. And we came from the real estate world and we know that traditionally software it's hard to buy, it's hard to evaluate. And oftentimes, more often than not, it's, it's not exactly what you thought it was when you get it. So we just are looking ahead of that and trying to make the application complete and easy and you know, not over-promising what we, what we can provide. So that leads me into what are questions that we should be asking? I maybe even maybe even talked to you before, but but many other software providers, you know, and and because obviously there's there's been numerous come up recently, and and it's hard to know. I don't always know what questions to ask when I'm like entering this new thing, you know, that you haven't seen before. So what are some things that you know as we are going down the the list of software providers? What what are some things that we need to make sure we keep in mind and questions to ask? It's very important that you just understand how you're going to use the application. What does your status quo look like? What does your business look like today? And what parts of that business are you going to transition to this all-in-one investment management software? How complete of a transition are you willing to make or that you intend to make? So that you can understand when you walk through each workflow, what is it that you're going to leave behind and what are you going to get in exchange for that? So I talked to a lot of people who might use ActiveCampaign or HubSpot as their CRM, and now they're looking at evaluating an investment management software that might have a CRM. So there's the question of, okay, well, 
how am I going to use both of these systems or what features am I going to leave behind that I'm going to now get in this new application where all my data is going to reside? Or what document file sharing system are you currently using now, if any? And how is that system going to perform when you get this new software? Payments. How do you pay your investors now? And how is the software going to help to support the calculation and sending of those payments? Same with sharing deals with investors. Do you use DocuSign and send investors a link with a Google Drive link and give them access to information? If that's what you do, maybe that's working for you great right now. And when you get this new process, how are your investors going to have to adapt? How are you going to have to adapt to that new process? So just really understanding how you work. You might also have other people that you work with and you might want to give them access to certain information. So being able to understand how that process works and how you're going to onboard them into the, into the application. So it's just better knowing your business and going through each workflow helps somebody to understand what they're getting into and how their workflow is going to transition. Nice. So ultimately, and it makes so much sense, we need to know what we need first, right? We need to know how we're going to use it. And I guess, but ultimately, you know, when I'm talking to somebody like yourself, like I don't always know either what the software can do, you know, so it's like a big learning process. But you mentioned like, what are you going to transition to this software? And that was hard for me to think about as well. You know, if we have the, especially a larger online presence and, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening. It's a lot direct to transition, especially a CRM. It's a lot to, to consider, but being able to automate the paperwork was just like, it's life-changing almost, <laughs> you know, life-changing. So how easy is it on the operator side, say, to set up a deal like that and to set up the paperwork and things like that to, to get this deal rolled out to investors? Yeah. So in, in Groundbreaker, you go into offerings, you create a new offering, you fill out the holding entity name with the EIN information, and then you start the deal name and start to describe the deal. You can add whatever color you want, which you typically see in an offering memorandum that you'd build in Microsoft Word or PowerPoint. You add your documents and images, and then you can preview the offering when you're done building it in Groundbreaker and see what it would look like for the investor. Yeah, then you save it and then it's pretty much done. You, you can set the subscription terms and you can do a few other fancy things in, in our solution, but that's pretty much it. And then you'd be able to add the investors that you want to share it with. So using our CRM, you'd select which people you're going to add to the deal. And then you can write that email to the investors using our merge email template and and you're good to go. So it, it could be a pretty smooth process. And we would typically take somebody through the first time and show them the ropes. Nice. What about just like the branding? Is it going to look like that it's our company's portal, you know, when somebody, log, investor logs in and things like that? Yeah. So actually we, we don't show up anywhere on the portal. We make it look fully branded to the company that's working with us. So just imagine your marketing website and you've got your header, you've got home about us and FAQ contact, and then you'll have investors. And when somebody clicks that link, it'll pop open a new window and in the top left corner will be your company's name. And then in the URL will be investors.yourcompany'sName. And you'll have your contact information for your investor relations team, a big image of one of your assets on the side here, and a login for your investor to get in. Nice. So what questions do you get that are common in the industry that, you know, that people want to know about the software or just how it works? You know, it doesn't even have to be specifically about Groundbreaker, but just things that are common concerns in the industry. Well, one of the things that I get a lot is people asking about limits on the software. Can you have a certain number of deals or people or seats? That's a very frequently asked question. 
And we actually don't have any limits at all on our software. So you can use it for as many holding entities as you like, as many deals and as many investors. There's no limit on file quantity size or anything like that. So it's just one flat fee for for everything or, or are there like different ways to calculate what you need? As far as our pricing goes, we don't limit access to the software on any of our pricing, but our pricing is based on how much equity you have under management. Okay. And by the time you're watching this video, you will see a new pricing page on groundbreaker.co. So. All right. So, so what other questions do people have other than just like... A lot of people ask about the onboarding process and timeline, I think, because many different companies have different process of doing this because we import all of the data into the software for the company. We take around 30 days to do it. Some companies might not import your data at all, or, or some might take shorter or longer periods of time. So we also get asked quite a bit about integrations too. Seems like a lot of people, like I mentioned earlier, using outside CRMs and different tools that they want to see how those integrate into the process. And my answer for that is we're working on an integration right now with Zapier so we can allow people to be able to do that in the future. What are some common things that, that would be helpful to be able to integrate? Well, so here's a great example. You are on the show and in every way when you produce content and you're out there on LinkedIn, you're talking to prospective investors who are getting associated with your brand through some of the content that you produce and they need somewhere to go so that you know who they are and they can tell you that they're interested in your brand and following up on your offerings perhaps at some later date. So you're storing that data somewhere, but it's probably not going into your investor management software because they're not ready yet to be investors. And legally, you can't share certain sense of information with them until you have a certain number of interactions with that investor. So you have to store it in, in some place. And so getting that data from that initial place where you're getting it and getting it into your investor relations system some point down the road would be one of those applications. Yeah, yeah that makes complete sense to me. Uh, we've used Zapier for numerous things, but I haven't really thought about on the portal side, like what we would be pulling into there, but that makes complete sense. If we're, if we're tracking, say, phone calls with investors for a long time before they actually decide to invest, they may not have a portal account at that time. Is that right? Till they decide to invest. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they just might live in a CRM where you're taking notes on the relationship and logging all the activities. And then at a certain point, you're going to invite them to one of your offerings. And that's when you'll create an account for them and get them on board. What would be the normal or typical onboarding timeline? 30 days. Okay. And at that point, we can be using the CRM side for investors who have invested and they, the investors can log in then or at least have an account of their own? Yes. How do they create their account? There's two ways to do it. One would be that when they're on your investor portal landing page and they can see the login screen, they could go click a get started button and they fill out a sign up form. So... You could actually do that when you're prospecting with investors because it doesn't share any sensitive information with them. It just gives them an account. At that point, you'll be able to see a new signup in your database and you can decide if you want to share an offering with them. And then the other way is that you create somebody's account. Maybe you meet them at an event and then you put in their information and then send them a portal invite and they can set their own password. I know one concern I've heard numerous times is, is just like security, the security of, of all the investors' information and things like that, of all these documents that they're signing. And how do, we, how do we keep all of it secure? Well, so 
One of the ways is to just make sure that the company you're working with has security practices in place that they've thought about that before. A lot of people might not even even know what they're talking about when they ask these questions, but just being able to ask them and know that the company has a response is important. Things like encryption in transit, encryption at rest. I think one of the most important things is just back, making sure that you have redundancy in place for your own users. So the easiest way for, for some information to be compromised is through social engineering. It's not through a hacker figuring out some vulnerability in the code. It's really through somebody being close enough to one of your investors or you to guess your password and get access to your account. So we have two-factor authentication as another layer of security where you're going to get a text message to verify your identity before you get access, even if you've had your password entered correctly. So you're saying that me or somebody on my team are, are really the weakest link in the in the security side. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not just saying that against you for any reason. No, I know. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But kind of. You you work in government, so you, you should know a little bit about that. It's good to think about though, right? I mean, you gotta think about who you're giving access to these to these platforms, no doubt about it. So I guess tell me about that. Can we give our team access, but maybe maybe there's parts of the system that I don't want everybody to have? Yeah, so you can definitely give people access. We're working on making the permissions a little bit more granular and groundbreaker right now. So it's not it's not set up to have a tremendous amount of control over access at this point, but we're going to get there in the near future to be able to do that. And we would love to be able to support having multiple sponsors at once who are, you know, co-GPs on a deal, have their own list of investors. Yeah. So that's something you're working on? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I know there'd be a lot of people that would love to be able to do that. Or what about, or even integrating with, you know, I don't know if this would ever work or not, but even integrating with other platforms, you know, that are similar. If one operator's on one and, you know, co-sponsors on another, I'm sure it'd be nice if they could integrate somehow, but I don't know if that would ever happen. What do you think? That's like the next frontier, I think, if these companies that are doing investment management software open up their data or provide an API in some way, then you could be able to pull that into one source. And I'm sure I've heard that from a lot of investors, actually, a lot of LPs that want to have all of their syndications in one place because they might they might have logins to three or four different portals, but they have no place to get all that information just from one source. Right. And it's very hard for us to provide data and, and, and collaborate with other groups. So you have to have everyone collaborate. So Jake, before we move to just a few final questions, what else do we need to know about Groundbreaker? Well, any anybody who's found this conversation helpful, who's thinking about getting a solution, if you're scaling your business or you're trying to transition from a very manual way to a more automated tech way, you can get in touch with us at any stage where you're at, whether you're just putting together your first deal or you're figuring out the legal docs or it, it's a question that's completely unrelated to Groundbreaker. We'd love to help. So yeah, you can you can come to our website, which is at groundbreaker.co and find us and get in touch with us. Awesome. Well, I got a few more questions though before, you, before we jump off. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Well, yeah, that's that's a great question. Thanks for asking. Anybody who's building a company, it's very important to understand what it is that you want out of your team. That's one of the things I've learned recently to improve the company is figuring out what kind of team that we want to build, what kind of company culture we want to have, what are our values, what do we really care about, and being able to define those very clearly and know what they're not 
and telling yourself what they are and based on what they're not, you'd be able to get a lot of clarity. And once you're able to do that, the right people will come to you and you'll be able to find incredible people to put on your team to be able to get your business to the next level because it doesn't happen alone. Love that. I noticed how you said to know what they're, what they're not instead of what they are. It's sometimes yeah. easier to know what they're not <laughs> through so trial is and there, error. Is there a resource that you use to like help, help get that done? Really, it's through personal experience and just making mistakes and learning, but you can also rely on Saster for anybody that's into software, S-A-A-S-T-R.com. They produce a lot of really great content for business owners and for entrepreneurs. Yeah, I guess start there. And if anybody has any more questions, they can always come to me. Sure, sure. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? If I have to pick one, never giving up. That's important. No doubt about it. What Can't about succeed if you give up? So that's right. That's right. You definitely fail then. Is there something that instilled that mindset in you? Well, I just think that family values from a very young age being told you can achieve anything that you want to achieve and just go after it and be persistent and seeing the example of other people around me that did that. How do you like to give back? I like to help other entrepreneurs, honestly. I like to be able to make whatever amount of limited time that I can, you know, make a big impact and giving advice or teaching somebody mistakes that I've made so that they can improve. That's really how I do that. How I give back these days is, is through mentoring and advising other, other business owners. Nice. Jake, I'm grateful for your time today on the show. And I'm hoping that the listeners are better prepared for the conversation to figure out the platform that, that they're looking for. But tell them again how they can find Groundbreaker. Thanks, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you can, you can always go to groundbreaker.co and get in touch with us through there. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.